today is Trinity Sunday, the day when the church celebrates the doctrine of the Trinity, the belief that God is three, God the parent, God the child, God the spirit, and that God is one at the same time. The great British playwright George Bernard Shaw summed up the Christian belief in the Trinity as the father incomprehensible, the son incomprehensible, the whole thing incomprehensible. <laughs> and the mystery novelist Dorothy Sayers said that if you ask the average churchgoer what is the doctrine of the Trinity, her honest answer would be something added to Christianity by theologians to make it more difficult, nothing to do with daily life. I'd like to say that I'll successfully explain the doctrine of the Trinity during this sermon, but I think we all know that's highly unlikely. But what I'd like to do is to try to offer you a reason why you should care, a reason why the doctrine of the Trinity might actually impact your life. And here it is. The Trinity matters because it can teach us something about how to live. The Trinity gives us a picture about how to encounter God, and how to encounter other people. The doctrine of the Trinity, that belief that God is simultaneously three and one, says that the essential nature of God is loving relationship. God is one, but God can also be known as three distinct and separate persons with different ways of interacting with the world. So within the nature of God, within the being of God, there is both sameness and difference. And where there's sameness and difference, there's relationship. And within the Trinity, what we see modeled is a particular kind of relationship. First, there's profound and loving intimacy. And alongside this intimacy, there's this interplay between deference and assertiveness. You take your bulletin and look at the cover. What you have is an image of the Trinity that became common in the Gothic period. You see it a lot in stained glass windows in Western Europe. And you can see how each of the three shapes is intended to represent a person of the Trinity. They look a little bit tadpole-like. But you can see how each of the three shapes has a part that's carved out in order to make space for the other. That's what I mean by deference. Each person of the Trinity works to give space to the others. Each person of the Trinity holds back so that the other can be fully him or herself. Jesus is always pointing to the creator saying that he exists in order to show people who the creator is. The spirit testifies to Jesus. And the creator takes on human limits in the form of Jesus in order that Jesus can be known. Each person of the Trinity is making space for the other, is pointing to the being of the other, making sure that the other is fully known. And you can also see in the image that while there's a part of each shape that's sort of carved out to make room for the other, there's a part of each of the sort of tadpoles that impinges on the space of the other. A part that insists on its own identity and taking up its own space. 
Each person of the Trinity retains its own individuality. The $5 word for this description of the internal life of the Trinity is perichoresis. Peri meaning around and choresis, which is based on the Greek word that means simultaneously to make room for and to assert. Sort of interesting, assertiveness and deference in the same word. Perichoresis is often translated as dance, which if you think about it is sort of perfect word for relationship within the Trinity because it suggests intimacy and closeness and communication, sort of coordinated movements between partners where when one steps forward, the other steps back. So at the heart of God, the Trinity tells us, is a dance of loving relationship, intimacy with all its complications, a dance of deference and of assertiveness. And so again, returning to that original question, why does any of this matter? What impact does the Trinity have on our lives? If a certain kind of loving, intimate relationship is at the very heart of the nature of God, what does that mean for us? And I think it means that we are called into that kind of loving relationship ourselves. We're called to imitate God and God's way of loving. We're called as human beings to relationships and to relationships of intimacy. Not just romantic intimacy, but also intimacy in friendship and in community. We are made for relationship. That's who God is and that's who we are. And as I'm sure everyone in this room knows from experience, relationships are hard. Community is hard, intimacy is hard. Any kind of real close relationship, a partnership, a friendship, working together in community on a specific project, that kind of relationship involves risk and vulnerability. It involves knowing who we are well enough to stand strong in that identity and to state what we need. And it also involves the sacrifice of stepping back in order to make space for the other. Both of those things are difficult. Most of us, I think, are pretty ambivalent about intimacy. We crave it, but we also resist it. And we also live in a culture that's deeply ambivalent about intimacy. We hear all the time about how love and friendship and connection are what matter in life, yet we're pressured to be so busy that we really don't have much time to invest in those things. Plus, we have all this technology that's meant to facilitate relationship, but often enforces a kind of distance. Fundamentally, our culture doesn't have much patience for the frustration and strangeness and inconvenience that real love and real community require. But the doctrine of the Trinity tells us that the very nature of God is relationship. And because God is loving, intimate relationship, it is in the complicated dance of relationship with other imperfect human beings that we meet the living God. We encounter God through the push and pull of intimacy with other people. And the Trinity also gives us a model for what that encounter should look like, a model for how we are called to be in relationship. Close 
relationship should be perichoresis. It should be a dance where there's movement and growth. And also a balance between asserting our own identity and individuality and pulling back so that the other has space to be themselves. We, we can probably all think of relationships in our own lives where assertion and deference have gotten out of balance. We can give up so much for others, ceding more and more space to them until there's nothing left of us. I think sometimes in our culture, women are particularly prone to this. Relationships like this do not reflect the relationship of loving equality that we see modeled in the Trinity. But we can also tip the other way, can't we? We can be so anxious about making sure our own needs are met, making sure our own identity is acknowledged, that we don't leave space for the other. So it's worth asking, are there ways that we need to create space for other people's needs and ideas in our lives? And are there ways that we need to step forward and assert our own identity? It's worth spending some time meditating on how the important relationships in our lives can better reflect the loving, balanced intimacy that we see at the very heart of God. The Trinity is fundamentally a mystery. As St. Augustine, the great African theologian of the early church, once said, if you can get your head around it, it's not God. But the Trinity is also an important doctrine with a practical message about how we're called to live in the world. The Trinity invites us into a relationship of true intimacy with God and with one another. The Trinity invites us to build relationships that are a dance characterized by growth and equality. Relationships in which we feel so grounded in our own identity that we can ask honestly for what we need and still leave space for the needs and desires of the other. Relationships are hard, and community is messy and complicated. But in the doctrine of the Trinity, we have an invitation to find the living God in the midst of relationship and not apart from it. It involves entering into the dance that is at the very heart of the universe, at the very heart of God. Amen.